What a great song, Out of Time. Um, is that what it is, to be impatient, to be out of time? Is it, is it somebody walking into the kitchen and graciously asking for your food, which was an hour late? Is that what impatience is? Interesting how just a little different twist on that story changes, doesn't it? Um, okay, this is, no, no, seriously, this is a challenging subject for me in many ways, and I, I, I just don't, you know, I, I mean, whatever else I am, I don't want to be hypocritical about it. I have my weaknesses, and um, they're pretty evident. Um, patience. Somebody actually suggested, seriously, that my wife give this message uh, on patience. And... Uh, she could do a good job, and, and for a number of reasons, one of which would be she has lived so blissfully, at least from my part, uh, with me for 35 years, and that takes a lot of patience, and she, she is a reservoir of wisdom when it comes to patience, and I'm not kidding about that. So, so um, anyway, she's, um, I asked her, I said, come on, Charlene, you can do this, and she, Charlene, unlike me, is not quite the public person. You know, we all kind of like that with each other sometimes. One of us more public than another. Even though um, she's, she's not the public person, she's the person with the depth. You catch my drift there? We don't need to agree with that either. Um, but anyway, um, uh, uh, that's true. Um, we have our challenges. We all have our challenges. And... Uh, the challenge that I have is not just about patience, but it goes much beyond that and much, much farther than that. And I want to show you that. And if, you, if you've been with us, you know we've been talking about this just one little tiny passage in, in the book, New Testament book of Galatians that talks about what we call, what some people call these fruit of the Spirit. And it goes like this, Galatians 5, 23 from the New Living Translation. When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us, love, Joy, peace, patience, there it is, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here there is no conflict with the law, um, or the, as the Amplified Bible says, that can bring a charge. In other words, the law, which the law is the law of Moses. And what he's saying is it, it was a very, very minute thing. And he's saying it, it, can't even, it can't even charge you with wrongdoing if you do these things. Um, Keep in mind, the law of Moses is, was, we got the Ten Commandments from the law of Moses. We call that the Decalogue in the Old Testament. And, and in truth, the law of Moses was 613 commandments. I read that, I didn't count them. But um, 613 different commandments in the law. But some were dietary, some were other things, most of which are uh, changed when Jesus came to earth. Because we live under the new covenant in the age of grace. So, understanding that, that's what he's talking about here. Let me show you this quote from one of my favorite preacher, writer, teachers. He used to pastor the church in Chicago, Moody Church, Warren Wiersbe. He said this, We could meditate for hours on the ninefold fruit of the Spirit. Note especially that love heads the list. Paul clearly states that no law could ever produce this kind of character. When will people learn that making resolutions will never sanctify them? Sanctify means to make holy. And, and, you know, it's true today, and, and I, I think maybe I overreact sometimes, but it's true today that we try to build laws into our lives. Churches are notorious for this. Laws or rules or covenants or whatever they want to call them uh, that build, that you do this and you do this and you do this and you don't do this and you're good to go, man. And, 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 and 
that's what, what he's, that's the point that Wearsby is making here. These things aren't commands to be followed. They are the byproduct of something else. And that's what I want to emphasize here. These qualities cannot be worked for, they cannot be acquired, or they cannot be achieved by strong will or by determination. They are the result. They are the byproduct of something else. That is God the Holy Spirit working in you. God the Holy Spirit working in your heart, producing them in your life. You can try as hard as you want and you're not going to do that. Now, I want to unpack this term patience because not to try to justify myself. I have my issues, but frankly, it's not always the lack of patience. It's, it's another issue. And I, this is something I kind of learned this week. Because I really wanted to unpack this word because I didn't want to stand up here and lie about anything and say, hey, I got this one down. There's a lot of things I talk about that I don't necessarily have down. I'll be very blunt about that. But on this particular one, patience, uh, the word is, is literally translated. Well, let me show you this. This is, from a, this is from what we call a Greek lexicon, which is like a dictionary. Now, sometimes I use, I, sometimes dictionaries give us all we need, but you should always go to a lexicon if you're a Bible student. And this is from um, a, a, a lexicon. Here's the word patience. It's, it's macro, it's macro, it's macroumia. Macroumia is the way it's pronounced. Um, Twelve times it is translated long-suffering in the Bible. Two times it is translated patience. That's in a literal translation. I'm using a New Living translation, which is more of a paraphrase. Twelve times it's, 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 it's um, translated long-suffering. Twice it's translated as patience. Here's what the word means. Patience, endurance, constancy, steadfastness, perseverance. That's literally what it means. And the second part of that definition, patience, forbearance, long-suffering, slowness in avenging wrongs. Slowness in avenging... See, it's really a long-suffering. Let me show you two or three different commentaries. I'm going to show you more than normal because I want to make sure you understand this. Uh, Bible knowledge commentary. This, this, this is the quality of forbearance under provocation. It entertains no thoughts of retaliation even when wrongfully treated. Matthew Henry. Matthew, if you ever want, if you ever have insomnia, get a Matthew Henry commentary. Okay, he's a he was a great man, eighteen hundreds, great great scholar, but he would take about and you guys, we all have authors we've probably read in college or or grad school or seminary or whatever. Well, he would take about that many pages to write what anybody else could say in maybe three or four pages. But he was a great person and he's a great man of God. And Matthew Henry, and you can see his commentary in different places. Look what he said. And I love what he said. Long suffering. Patience to defer anger and a contentedness to bear injuries. That's what this word means. The Wycliffe Bible Dictionary. Long-suffering relates to one's attitude toward others and it involves a refusal to retaliate or work vengeance for wrong received. It is literally long-spiritedness. That's what the word really means. Long-spiritedness. Bible exposition commentary says long-suffering, I like this, courageous endurance without quitting. That's what the word really means. Courageous endurance without quitting. That's good stuff right there. That's what it means. Now, that would mean some common misunderstandings. Okay, here we go. I'm going to go into defense mode here, but then I'm going to then I'm going to cancel that out. Here's what I mean by that. One of the misunderstandings we have about patience is that it's about being in traffic and honking your horn. You're, you lack patience. That's not impatience. That's not this word impatience. And we can use the, the common English word, but that's not this word impatience. That's, that's rudeness, which would be what? The lack of love, 
the lack of compassion. We are talking after, one of the, after the first service. Somebody was telling me that, that, that one, the, the biggest cure for road rage, somebody would be very angry at somebody who's beside them, and then if they, if they happen to recognize them as a neighbor or someone they know, it immediately goes away. Isn't that interesting? Because you get all this stuff built up in your mind as to what an idiot this person is or whatever they are, and all of a sudden you recognize them. Oh, that's Pastor Rich. Oh, gee, hi. <laughs> and I have to be really careful in that. Because as many of you know, I drive a red convertible that's highly recognizable. So it's like wearing this freak flag on my car that says, hey, it's rich. You better be careful. Uh, I can't drive down alleys and backyards, although I've thought about it. Um, so impatience isn't necessarily traffic and honking the horn. We don't get a pass if we do that. That's a different thing. doesn't mean it's okay. It's not. It's probably a lack of love, lack of compassion. Could be some other things, right? Um, there's a misunderstanding that, that patience is passivity. That's not necessarily the case. Um, there's a, there's a, some misunderstanding that, that it's indecision. That's not necessarily the case either. Or that if you're slow, you're somehow more patient than the person with high energy. Well, how fair is that? You know? And some people think that. Well, if they're slow, they must be really patient. Maybe they're just slow. You know? And one doesn't, you know, obviously I'm not slow and, I, and, I, and, and so forth. Um, that doesn't mean the person who's slow is somehow, somehow lesser than me, just different. See, that's where the whole thing of bearing with one another. My speed may bother them. Their lack of speed may bother me. Maybe we need to balance each other out, both in our work and our homes. And, and, and oftentimes, that's how God puts us together the right person, a mate, or, or, or sometimes partner in business or whatever. Um, you know, so it's not necessarily whether you're slow or if you're fast, you're necessarily impatient. Um, true patience, true long-suffering, let's put it that way, comes in all forms of personality. And we need to understand that. This thing of patience, and we sometimes conjure up this view of what a patient person is, it's not necessarily a personality thing. In fact, it's not at all a personality thing. You know, it is... What is it? I'm going to show you what it is. It's that courageous endurance without quitting. Um, let me just make this statement. I have it written down here in my notes, so I have to make this statement. If it makes it in here, I've got to say it. Some kind of a canonization prop. No, I'm kidding. Um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to get things done now. There's nothing wrong with that. How we do that is a different issue. There's nothing wrong to use the illustration that my former friend used earlier, um, Steve. Um, there's nothing wrong with walking into a kitchen in a restaurant and saying, hey guys, you know, it's been an hour and a half. It wasn't five minutes. It's been an hour and a half. And if we're gentle, and if we're loving, there's nothing wrong with that. Now again, how we do that is a different deal. And I'm not going to sit down here and tell you I've always done it in a loving, gentle manner. I'm not going to say that. I try to. And I've done it more than once, and I try not to do it. But I mean, come on. Sometimes it's just ridiculous, and you've got you know, you to say something, and you say something. It's how you say it. And you want to try to be nice, and you want to... You know, it, here's, here's my issue in that, and I don't always do it, but I try very, very deliberately to project some, de- some decorum, some degree of love and compassion 
hey, you know, the food's been back here for an hour. You need me to help you carry it out. Happy to do that. Um, whatever the case may be, I can serve, you know. Um, so, so you understand the point here. So there's nothing wrong. If you're of that, I say that for those of you who are like, there's a bunch of you here who are like me. You want to get things done and you like to get it done now. Nothing wrong with that. It's how you go about it. You know, I can see Jesus walking into the kitchen. He would have done it always, though, in a manner of grace and love and compassion and not with sarcasm and not with, with the, what the heck's going on here? What kind of show you're running? He, he, he would have always done it with compassion. I can see him doing it, but with love and compassion. Okay? That's the thing here that I want you to see. Not to come away with some sort of personality order or disorder, as it will, or as it would be. Okay? All right, let's get into this. Let's get the proper understanding. Uh, here's what it is. Pers- long-suffering, patience, long-suffering is perseverance with people and projects that may involve little affirmation. This is what I'm saying. Sometimes you stick at something for a long time. Moms, you listening to me? You stick at something for a long time, and it's a thankless task. Okay? Dads, too, sometimes. It's a thankless task, but you stick at it. You stay at it. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's one of those jobs where you work at a deal for years, certainly at least months. And when it kicks in, it kicks in. But it may be a long time. That's long-suffering. See, that's, that's part of that deal. It's a stick to that involves, are you ready for those words again? Courageous endurance without quitting. Not my words, but they're great words. Courageous endurance without quitting. That's patience from the biblical concept. That's long-suffering. Courageous endurance without quitting. It's a diligence of doing all that you can with it and trust God at the, in the same time. Do all that you can and trust God at the same time. Renaissance poet, all my Italian friends tell me how to pronounce this and I still can't do it. We'll just call him Giovanni, okay? You can see his name for yourself here in a moment. So I'm not going to butcher his name. But he rena- I love what he said. I love what he said. Lived in the 1300s. You must read. You must persevere. You must sit up nights. You must inquire and exert the utmost power of your mind. If one way does not lead to the desired meeting, take another. If obstacles arise, then still another. Until, if your strength holds out, you will find that clear which at first looked dark. That's long-suffering. That's patience from a biblical concept. You will... you. He, Obstacles arise, still another, until if your strength holds out, that's where God comes in, you will find that clear which at first looked dark. Wow. Giovanni had it great. He had it right. The Salus, the, uh, the, Salus, the French uh, Bishop of Geneva, actually, put it this way. Have patience with all things, but chiefly have patience with yourself. Do not lose courage in considering your own imperfections, but instantly set about remedying them. Every day begin the task anew. Consider your imperfections, and every day consider the task anew. Start it. That's some good stuff right there. So that's a proper understanding of patience, or better, long-suffering. From a biblical perspective, All right, I want to take you to the Bible. I want to show you a few, just a few uh, Bible uh, passages and just uh, verses, really, to give you some understanding of this. I'm going to do this, but I want you to understand as I'm doing this, I'm going to say this now, I'm going to say this in the middle, I'm going to say this at the end of these verses, okay? This can't be acquired by sheer will and determination. This is an act of God, the Holy Spirit, working in your heart for these things. 
The one we're talking about, of course, patience or long-suffering. We have an inclination. When we talk about love, there's nine things there. We've talked about love, joy, and peace. Some we're more inclined to do than others. Others are more challenging for us. But it's all a work of God, the Holy Spirit, in our lives. So here we go. Let me share. This is, this is, a, this is one that just reached out and grabbed me when I, when I read it this week, actually. And I've read this many times. And it's funny because this, this comes from the book of Titus, which is a pastoral epistle. I used to read the pastoral epistles because Timothy's a pastoral epistle. That is, letters that were written by the Apostle Paul to pastors, Timothy and Titus. I used to read Timothy all the time because Timothy was around, right around 27 or 28 when he became a pastor. We're told in history. I was 27 or 28 when I became a pastor. So I'd always read Timothy just with you know, extra, extra you know, energy thinking, boy, this is for me, man. I need this. I need this. And it's funny. You know, it's been, it's been a few years. And I still read Timothy that way sometimes. Young pastor. He needs his wisdom here. So I don't know. It's one of those things. Ah, there you go. Reflections there. This one, though, grabbed me. Titus. Now, I'm going to read this verse to you and look at it, and I'm going to show you what else is here real quick. Titus 2, verse 2, teach the older men. That grabbed me as soon as I read that. I don't know that I'm an older man, but I know that I'm an older man in this crowd, okay? Okay, I'm not blind. Um, Teach the older men to exercise self-control. That's an interesting thing. Exercise self-control to be worthy of respect and to live wisely. They must have strong faith and be filled with love and patience. Now, we're not going to show you that. I'm just real quickly, let me show you the rest. I'll just tell you the rest of this passage. It goes on. He says, Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that is appropriate for someone serving the Lord. They must not go around speaking evil of others, or they must not be heavy drinkers. <laughs> says that to the women. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I got to kick out of that. Uh, <laughs> and then he says, uh, These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely, be pure, and so forth. Then he says, Same way, encourage the young men to live wisely in all they do. But, but that one verse that, I, that you're looking at is the one verse, that, the only verse that he gives, the only instruction that he gives to the older men. And that kind of grabbed me for a lot of reasons, obviously. The, the old, teach the older men to exercise self-control. Now, why would he say that? Because after you turn, when you're on the other side of 50, which I am, don't you have a little more self-control than when you did when you were 20 or 30-something? You do in some ways. But here's, here's what, the more I thought about this. You know, you're an older guy and you see some younger guy doing something stupid. You see him making mistakes. And you want to come, and, and God knows I've done this. I'm not proud, but I've done this. Where you want to come to him and you want to say, hey, you idiot. I don't know what in the heck you're thinking. But I've been down this road. And it's a bad end road, and you're going you're gonna to screw some things up, and you're an idiot, and you're a jerk, and you're a, a bunch of other stuff, and you better change. That's how you feel sometimes. Now, I'm not saying that discussion doesn't need to take place sometimes, but with a different spirit and with different words. How much better would it be? And that's why I think he's saying, hey, friend. I see what you're doing. And take it from somebody who's older and who's been through it and has made that mistake and more. This is not a good road you're going down. And there's going to be a lot of hurt at the end of this. And be a lot better for you to stop right now. See, I think that's what he's saying. Use some self-control. Don't lose your patience and start just lashing out because you see people doing things that are phenomenally stupid and you know it. 
That's the point that he's making. He says, come on, guys. Exercise self-control. Be worthy of respect and live wisely. So wherever you are, I think, you know, have strong faith and be filled with love and long-suffering, patience. Be filled with that, with that courageous endurance that doesn't quit. Be filled with that. Keep reading it. Let me show you some more. These are some great ones. May God who gives us this patience, this long-suffering, and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other, each with the attitude of Christ Jesus toward the other. Christ Jesus' attitude was to love, and, love one another. Next, second Corinthians. Look at the next one. We have we have loved ourselves. We have, excuse me. We have proved ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our our long suffering, our patience, our kindness, our sincere love, and the power of the Holy Spirit. All those things are by the power of the Spirit of God. Look at the next one. Colossians one. We pray that you watch. This is really good. You will be strengthened with His glorious power, so that you will have all the patience, i.e. long-suffering and endurance you need. And by the way, may you be filled with love, with joy, with joy, with joy. Love too, but in this particular verse, it's joy. We sometimes get the idea that if we're going to, if we're going to have this, this patient endurance, if, we, if we're going to have this, this, well, courageous endurance without quitting, that it's some kind of, oh, okay, I got to, I got to hang in there, got to tough it up. He says, hey, have a little joy with that too. Have a little dose of joy with that. It's not all about just suffering for God or suffering for Jesus. You know, this is, this is a joyful thing. And he makes that very clear. Sometimes we miss that. Many times we miss that message. All right, two more. Um, Colossians 3. Since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy kindness, humility, gentleness, here it is again, and long-suffering, patience, that courageous endurance that doesn't quit. Now, it's interesting to me, look how he puts the wording here. That's a good way to, it's just, it's New Living Translation, but it's a good version. Look what he says. He says, clothe yourselves. Yes, yes, it is God's Spirit working in me. But there's another thing here I want you to see. It's me cooperating with that. We don't just say, okay, God, make it happen. Boom. Make me more love, joy, peace, patience. Make more of it happen. We pray that prayer, but we also say, God, I want to begin, particularly as, as uh, DeSalle's put it in, his, in that quote, um, we want to begin each day anew, seeking to make these things a part of our life. God, I want this in my life. I want this in my life desperately. Only you can do it, but I want it in my life. It's, it's whatever you want. It's cooperation with God, the Holy Spirit. Let me show you this last thing. This is, this, is, um, this is good. You see, it still comes down to Jesus. It still comes down to Jesus. Let me show you this. This is just so good. It's 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul talking. I could, I could have written this. But that is why God had mercy on me. So that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they, that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. You know what's really great about this? I can exercise long-suffering toward others 
when God, the Spirit of God is in control of my life because I know that's exactly what Jesus did, did and does with me. Courageous endurance that never quits. He just keeps hanging on to me. It's a song talk. He just keeps hanging on to me. Sometimes, sometimes we're doing great. Sometimes we're just really, really just being everything God wants us to be. Sometimes we are just obnoxious, nasty sinners. And the cool thing about that, not that there's anything cool about being that, the cool thing about that is God's love and Jesus working in my life is no less. One of the great disservices that many, many churches and many Christians have done is somehow thinking, well, you know, I hear this all the time as a minister, and I particularly hear this in the golf course. Well, you know, I'd, I'd love to come, but, you know, I don't know, I'd have to, the door would fall in. I'm like, you know what? And every time I say this, I don't know who you are, I don't know what you've been or where you've been or what you've done, but I can assure you if you come to Renaissance, um, there's going to be somebody just as bad as you. I know that because he'll be standing up front. Okay? So I'm not talking about you. Uh, I am talking about all of us. And that's what, that's what that verse does for me, man. God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great long-suffering or patience, even with the worst sinners. That's us. That's how we can really have long-suffering. Because God, through Christ, has shown it to us. And I trust and pray that God will we'll really take that message and, and sink it into our hearts and into our minds. Okay? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for displaying to me what true, what true courageous endurance without quitting really is. You've displayed it to me because of your enduring love for a person who falls short constantly. And God, I I, I pray in my life, I pray this with each person here, that I can reflect that kind of endurance to others. And God, we're here, I'm praying with with people here from all different walks of life and all all different areas of their own, different parts of their own journey of faith. Some of us here, you know, we've tried so many times to get this down and we, and we don't, we haven't. Well, here we are again saying, God, please, I yield to you to produce this, this courageous endurance into my life. Some of us here, we're not quite sure where we are in the whole thing, but we do ask you, God, to just make it evident, make it clear to us where, what we do with all this, how... how how we apply this to our lives, wherever, whoever that person is, wherever they are in their own situation, journey of faith. We thank you for Jesus, God, who came and lived and suffered and died and rose again to give us not just eternal but abundant life and to produce in us these qualities that really will make us better people. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. We thank you for that. We thank you for for the Spirit of God at work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.